Hello. Hi. I'm pumped and ready for this double header. My coffee is taken in. My brain fog is going away. I'm ready. <laughs> I kind of love double headers because you and I could yow yow for hours. Like we've had an hour of yow yowing outside of the recording time. I know. Sometimes I'm like every time, like every time we FaceTime, should we just record it? I know, just to get the content, like, why not? (laughs) Well, because the other day we were talking about that book you're reading for, like, an hour, and uh, my roommate was like, were you recording your podcast? And I was like, no, we were just talking, and I was like, we fucking should have, though, like, that would have been a good episode if we just pressed record. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a good episode. Well, at the end of that, we were like, we need to have an episode on this. Well, I'm excited for today's topic because it's obviously mm-hmm. near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk dry January. Neither of us have really a plan for this one, so we're just kind of going to be more conversational, which I think will be good. Yeah, I'm curious. We will post a poll, but everyone should go check the stories or DM us or whatever. I'm so curious how many people are actually doing dry January or like something like it. I'm actually doing a partnership with this brand. They are promoting dry-ish January, so, like, just taking the time to change your relationship with alcohol over January. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's cool. I think you can do whatever you want, but it's a good time to pause after the holidays. You've been drinking a lot and see how you're feeling. Reevaluate. So we can just get into it. I know. I think if anyone has any interest in, like, taking a break from drinking, January is, like, the easiest time to do it because almost everyone is like focused on health in January whether that's not drinking or going to the gym more or and it's just like winter so people are hibernating kind of Mm -hmm. and quiet and there's not a ton going on and I think it's the easiest month for when you go to dinner with your friends or hang out with your friends to be like oh no I'm not drinking today like I'm taking a month off because like yeah it's very common for people to do this so I think it's so so easy this month like it's obviously still challenging as it would be any month but like this is the best the month to start off with like reevaluating your relationship with drinking um, and even even if you want to do the 100 days like I did it's a good time for that because it, it sticks you into like March or like the very beginning of mm-hmm. April which really not that much happens between now and March or April like yeah the only reason well I actually didn't have anything I literally I think we went on one ski trip that was like the only thing that I was like dang it'd be nice to have a cocktail right now but it was mm-hmm. fine they just had hot ciders and whiskey and I just had a normal hot cider <laughs> like it was yeah. definitely fine but I think I actually went on Chelsea's podcast who we had the uh, ADHD coach and she's wonderful But she asked me about my 100 days, and, like, she was like, should I start it, like, now? I'm obsessed. And I was like, honestly, I would recommend waiting until January because it's just the perfect time. And you're going to, like, you're going to be able to figure out how you feel about it without a lot of external forces coming into play. Mm -hmm. And then you can kind of, like, bring in external forces as you want. So, yeah, highly, highly recommend. If you're going to do it, if you're wanting to, kicking it off now, don't put it off, like, the four nights that you're planning on going out in January, you can go sober or they can wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'll be fine. Well, it's like starting a like a sober month in the summer is really hard. I think yeah. everyone's wanting to be social. Even if you're just like going to the beach, like, let's have some drinks at the beach. Like 
I, and I'm not someone who like is a huge drinker anymore, but for, even for me, like not drinking in this summer feels a lot harder than like just taking a month in January. So oh, yeah. if you are at all interested, just try it now. And I think you have a really good approach to it. Like the way you talk about it on TikTok and everything, like it doesn't need to be like a hundred percent, you know, like dry mm-hmm. January could, for you could mean like only having a drink on the weekends or like making sure you're not drinking alone like only drinking in social situations or whatever you know just really being intentional about the way you drink because I think a lot of people it's so normalized to be like oh I had a bad day like I need a drink after a day like this Mm -hmm. and and I feel that way like sometimes when I have a bad day I definitely crave a drink but I have to remind myself like this is not the time like you need to think about other coping mechanisms like let's do yoga and let's do this and like think about other ways to feel better because um i'm trying to train my body to only want alcohol or only use alcohol in fun happy scenarios where like for good we're all yeah we're just like having a good time and not because i feel bad or because i feel anxious or yeah whatever because that i don't know it's just i am very scared about becoming an alcoholic and so mm-hmm. I'm very mindful about about that well and I think that that is a huge issue with the way that our society handles alcohol and like one of the big reasons I continued posting even though I'm like now introducing alcohol back into my life and I drink like occasionally a little bit mm-hmm. but alcohol is one of the only things and I I understand this to an extent but alcohol is one of the only things that we really do not allow people to explore where their boundaries are like we really basically if people are running up on their boundaries or experiencing problems related to alcohol we are our first instinct is like you need to quit and I think Mm -hmm. that in some cases that is true like there are people who will need to quit drinking but in a lot of cases I think people quit drinking because they don't feel like there's an outside option and the way that they're drinking isn't working for them and so I do think if you're feeling problems related to drinking, which is another thing that I talk about a lot, is, like, you can have problems related to alcohol without having a drinking problem, and, like, those are two different things. Like, your problems related to drinking could be that you aren't able to wake up at 7 a.m. and go to your yoga class. Like, it doesn't need to be that you're cheating on your boyfriend and throwing up every single weekend. It can just be, like, you aren't living the life you're living because of the way that you're drinking. And so I do think it is really great to take time to just think through like how is alcohol showing up in my life and is that how I want it to be and can I do things like count my drinks on the weekend so that I'm only having one drink when I go out or I'm having a drink a a non-alcoholic drink in between every single drink that I have for the month of January and like see how that makes me feel or I'm I don't know like there's just many different ways like you said like not drinking on weekdays or like drinking twice a month or whatever your boundary is I think we need to create more space for people to explore gray area drinking which gray area drinking is like not the right term because technically in the alcoholic (laughs) space that's a term for like bad drinking but like finding the gray area between sober and alcoholic and that's why i love sober curious because it does talk about that a lot so yeah to otto's point like you can take dry january as a time to think of it as like a sugar like you're cutting out junk food like what's your like extreme version of drinking Mm -hmm. that you want to cut out and change because I think that it's important that everyone just 
I don't know, for some reason we are so against people critically looking at drinking behaviors because we're like, oh, you're an alcoholic. And then they're like, I don't want to say anything out loud because I don't want to be judged as an alcoholic and like sent to rehab. So nobody says anything. And then like mm-hmm. our drinking culture stays the way that it fucking is, which is like very damaging. Well, it's also scary to think, like I've talked to some, my roommate is wanting to like take a month off from drinking and I was like you should just you know she was trying to do like November December and I was like I think those are hard months whenever you're like getting out of family and all your family is like together and having drinks like I think that's a hard time to do it but like you should just wait until January when every like I'm gonna be doing it we live together we can do it together like that'll be good but we were talking and I was like have you ever taken you know a week off of drinking since you've been of legal age and Mm -hmm. she was like no, like, I don't think so. Like, except for being sick. Like, I don't think I've ever taken time off. And I wouldn't even describe her as someone who, like, drinks out of the norm. Like, I, I think she, like, drinks in social situations and, like, drinks with friends. And, like, that happens to be probably every weekend. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's how most people, I think, operate. Like, it's so normalized now. I don't think – from starting college – until senior year, I probably drank every week. I can't imagine taking a break unless I was sick. And then senior year, I started to have, like, weird energy problems. So I took, like, two months off in the middle of senior year. And then COVID, I just didn't drink for, like, the first, I don't know, eight months or something. And so that was kind of when I realized that I don't have a strong attachment to it. Like, I like it in fun situations, but, like, on my own, I don't really use it that often. So, like, just figuring out, like, taking time for yourself and thinking, like, have I even taken a week off since I've been 21 or 18 for some people? Like, Mm -hmm. or has it just all, like, who am I without it? You might not even know. And that's fine if you don't. Like, a lot of people don't. But, you know, it's something to think about. I think changing, like, the the narrative in your brain that like both yes and no for drinking is an option because I think that for most of our lives it's like you're not allowed to drink and no is the option or you're allowed to drink and yes is the only option and so it's like like, you are all the time like you're we're having a dinner why would you not have a glass of wine like of course like yes like oh can I have wine like yes of course you know I just think that, that it's really weird and so like one of the things that I think people get stuck in is that they almost feel like they're not allowed to sometimes say no like the social pressures that we have it's very much like expectation to say yes to a drink and I think if you put a hard break on it for a little bit and see like I survived I can figure out how to say no to people and like once you really are like no I'm not drinking right now a lot of that pressure goes away and you just kind of get to actually see it for what it is outside of like the romanticizing of drinking or your own personal like relationship with alcohol you just kind of get to like get an external look of like how do I really feel about this like Mm -hmm. how is this really showing up in my life and so I don't know if any of that counted as a tangible tip but another tip I would give (laughs) is um journaling or like having Mm -hmm. some sort of like guided if you listen to last week's resolution autumn is journaling once a week which I love that so like once a week having some sort of check-in with yourself where you think like like truly think through how have I felt not drinking 
Where have I wanted to drink the most? What are the things that are making me want to drink? Do, like, now that I'm, you know, taking an outside seat on this, do I actually want to drink then? Or is my body just wanting to drink then? Or my brain just wanting to drink then? Like, I think the key thing and why I really loved the um, 100 Day Sober workbook that I did is that it had guided questions. And, like, you can do dry January and, like, put off your social situations for a week. Or you can not do dry January and do this, like, dryish thing that we're talking about. And it not impact your life in the slightest. Or you can, like, take the time to actually reflect and be very mindful about what's triggering you, why you're feeling the things you're feeling, and get an understanding of, like, oh, this is how alcohol shows up in my life and why. And this is my vision for what I want alcohol to show up in my life and why and how can I get from point A to point B. Because I just think a lot of people don't have that clarity. Because like you said, like, nobody – it's really common to not take a week off. Like, that's not crazy. It sounds kind of crazy when you say it out loud, but, like – in reality, I would say there's people who are in their 80s that have never taken a week off. You know, like, it's just very acceptable to have a glass of wine often. Like, I don't know. I think it's just, it's something worth questioning in your life. And, and I will say, like, the removal of alcohol or the change of relationship with alcohol is the easiest way to change anything else in your life. Like, it, I was not a morning person. I could not keep a fitness routine. My, I was having a really hard time, like, losing weight and, like, feeling my best self. And the second I cut out alcohol, like, all of that stuff started happening really easily. So if you're unsatisfied in your life for ways that aren't involved with drinking, it still could be worth it to take a break to be like, oh, this actually is related like to or could be improved by changing my relation with alcohol. I know. I think it was Andrew Huberman talking about he has an episode on drinking and the effects of alcohol and that's a tip listen to that i think he maybe said or a diff i heard somewhere i could be misquoting this but it's or if you drink more than um three or four drinks a week you're already drinking more than like 80 percent of americans which is shocking which is according to like doctor surveys and whatnot people probably lie on those but i think because of the age range we're in we think that, like, everyone's drinking all the time. And, like, yeah. it's – but when you look at, like, the collective U.S., like, people are drinking, but, like, maybe they're only having, like, two glasses on Friday and two glasses on a Friday and Saturday or, like, mm-hmm. one drink a couple times throughout the week. Like, people aren't getting hammered and, like, binge drinking as much as we think they are. And when I heard that number, it's it might be, like, 70%, but it's still, like – it's a big chunk. You're, if you're drinking more than four, you're, like, drinking more than a lot of people in the country. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, if you would have told 20-year-old me, like, <laughs> that is insane. If I Another... drank less than four drinks in a single night, it was, like, an impressive feat for me. <laughs> like... And now, if I have three drinks, I wake up, like, hungover, which I'm like, that's lame because I wasn't even hammered like if I'm gonna be hungover I would like to at least have been like drunk crazy yeah like at least at least let me like be out here being silly and fun if I'm gonna be hungover (laughs) um because like I love a night like that like I still you know there are some nights where I get drunk and be silly and like laugh all night and like that's fun sometimes still so but it's not, you know, all the time. And I would like to not be hungover when I have those nights. But, you know, whatever. I think another, a good, like, two things that have helped me 
do like months sober is one picking a friend to do it with you and so like Mm -hmm. having someone to talk about it with and at least having a friend that you know that you can hang out with during that time that's not going to be drinking around you or like pressuring you and is going to want to do other things with you and then second um having mocktails which I didn't do until you started doing like I had done dry January maybe a couple times or just like taking months off of drinking a couple times without having mocktails or anything but when you showed that to me I was like this is amazing like if you have a non-alcoholic beer or non-alcoholic wine or I like to also just put like regular kombucha in a wine glass and mm-hmm. you just give yourself the experience especially kombucha I'm like I'm getting buzzed like I feel <laughs> that <laughs> And so lately, like, I've been stressed out at work and I've been pouring myself a kombucha in a wine glass at like 4 30 and like drinking it. And I'm like, I'm getting a little buzz right now. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm not, but I trick myself into feeling that I'm having those effects from it just because I'm giving myself the experience of it. And, and I like, we've talked about it's not maybe recommended for people that are like alcoholics but if you're just someone who like wants to reevaluate or like take a little Mm -hmm. break it's a good way to not feel left out or feel like you're missing something because you're still giving yourself like how smokers will sometimes just like do hand-to-mouth things or like yeah put put something in their mouth and like like those fake lollipops you know with and like yeah, them. like a lollipop or like those vapes with essential oils, like that make yeah. you feel like you're still getting what you your fix of something, but it's really just nothing. Yeah, well, and that's another. Also, if you're like wanting to do a dryish January situation, a really great thing to do is like have one like your first glass of wine to kick off the night, and then like have a couple kombuchas in a row, and you'll mm-hmm. keep the vibe going, and you won't really be aware of the fact that you're not drinking but you're like not and same with beers versus non-alcoholic beer like if you have a beer and then you have a non-alcoholic beer your body i swear to god i'll have non-alcoholic beers exclusively and my body is like woohoo <laughs> we're crazy <laughs> like, well and it's true like you get a little bit of the dopamine release from the act of doing something regardless so like your body does release a little bit of dopamine when you are like drinking something that is that takes the place of an alcoholic beverage but you're not getting like you know, all the negative effects. So that's mm-hmm. another great thing to do if you're thinking of, like, cutting back a little bit. Um, and, yeah, Dr. Huberman, I would highly recommend anyone listen to that episode because it really makes you rethink everything. I'm pretty sure he was just on a podcast or maybe he said it on his podcast. Like, the only safe amount of drinking that's, like, actually, like, if you want to have no repercussions about alcohol whatsoever <laughs> is two drinks per week, which, like, that number is so low and surprising to me. So just keep I'm surprised mind. even... Like, you say it's so low, but I'm surprised it's even that high, in a way, just because of, like, all well, the like, negative effects of drinking, but I'm effects. surprised. There but are it's like negative marginal. effects, and you would still get them from that, but, like, that's how to get them, like, yeah, marginal. Because he, well, mm-hmm. and then, that's, like, a big reason that I also am, like, feel motivated on my path of, you know, not drinking, changing my relationship, whatever, is because, like, people like Dr. Huberman don't drink. And I'm like, you know mm. way more than me. Like, you're way smarter than me. They're like Dr. Amen. Yeah, like, like if you're doctors. not drinking because you're scared of the impact it has on your body, like, oh, that freaks me out. So if you want to, if you're, like, feeling motivated or, like, wanting to be convinced, I would say Dr. Huberman's alcohol episode is so good. And he doesn't, mm-hmm. he's not judgy. Like, he... He very much is like, this is fact-based. Like, do you want to learn the science? And I think, you know, well, some people want to, like, 
ostrich their head in the ground and not be aware but i like to be very aware of like you know i'll I'll opt to do things that are unhealthy but at least i want to like know what's happening when i'm choosing to do that and like know what the pros and cons of the things i'm doing and so i think alcohol is a great place to start with that Mm um i was gonna say something that i totally forgot but i was curious like so your whole life kind of changed because of this 100 days of drinking you know and I have kind of two questions one do you think 30 days is enough for someone to you know start to have that those feelings and like figure out their shit or do you recommend more like a six weeks and then second like how is your drinking now like what are you you know what are the holidays looking like for you this year yeah so the first question I would say it's very person dependent I think any break is a good break like Mm-hmm. If 100 days is daunting and you're like, I can't do that, like, okay, then just take 30 because that's still better than nothing. But I do think – I ended up – I took 100 days and then I ended up taking another three months and I actually took the full – I didn't drink for the first six months of this year. And so – but part of that was because I got to the end of the 100 days and just realized – I realized my issues and I realized that a lot of my issues was that I was emotionally – trying to like self-soothe with alcohol and but I didn't feel like at the end of 100 days I was emotionally at a place to not just fall back into that pattern Mm. so like I do think it it really depends per person but I do think 30 days like you can sprint through 30 days and have no impact on your life and go back to exactly this way things were which I do think a lot of people do um and so I don't think it's necessarily, like, I would not have had the same impact if I just did a dry January as, like, my 100 days. But I do think it's person mm-hmm. to person, and I think knowing what your goals are, like, if you really, really, really want, like, a very big change, which is how I felt, I was like, something needs to fucking break right now because I'm so miserable. I was like, I need to do at least 100 days. And like I said, mm-hmm. I ended up extending it six months. And then I drank at my sister's wedding and then, like, didn't drink for another two months after that. And then, you know, so I would say for the first question – if you're really wanting a big change, like at least six weeks, 100 days was amazing. Six months would be even better. The more time you can do, the more you learn about yourself and like the more it... One of the worst parts about cutting out alcohol is what they call sober firsts. So like going to a Mm. party for the first time without drinking, going to... So the more of those things that you can do, the less scary having the no option of not drinking is. And then if you do decide to introduce alcohol back in your life, you know that you're not compulsory drinking and you're actually just drinking when you want to because you're not afraid of not drinking. So, like, that's another Mm -hmm. big part of it. Um, Drinking in my life, I would say right now it's been a little bit more. Like, I drank a little bit on Thanksgiving. But when I do drink, I try to keep it to, like, two drinks um, at a max. And I definitely, like... Again, it's very situational. So I drank on Thanksgiving dinner. I drank like when Danny was first in town. And I think the biggest things I think about is like, one, am I trying to elevate good vibes? Mm. Two, do I feel like I would spiral out of control in this situation? Or do I feel like I'm in complete control? And like, are the people going to pressure me? Because if they are, then I'd rather just set that hard boundary for the people around me to be like no I'm not drinking and then I won't get like oh you had one why not just have more um and then 
yeah, just like, how am I feeling on that day? And have I been feeling low knowing that alcohol is a depressant and really impacts my mood? Do I like not want to feel more anxious? Like, am I feeling anxious and it's just going to make it worse? Like just, it's kind of got to be like perfect setting and mood mm-hmm. for me to be like, okay, I, I'm fine again, assessing the risks of this. It's like kind of similar to like, if I was going to do shrooms I was like, just I, thinking I think, that. Yeah, <laughs> like it's like psychedelics want to have good vibes, good people. Yeah, around. like I want to take I <laughs> take it space. as seriously as that, and I I mean I think it's probably a little more frequently than I would do psychedelics, but like it's just it's kind of similar vibes. It's like that's the level of forethought I put into it is like obsessing the risk and being like, am I ready to do this? Do I want to do this? Do I want? to like handle the side effects and all of these things Mm -hmm. so which it's like a really fucking gnarly drug that takes you out of your like self and out of control and I think people should think of it that way (laughs) like like if you're careful about the way that you smoke weed like why are you not fucking careful about the way that you're drinking which is like literally like the most fatalities I think in the country um, other than like heart attacks is drinking related accidents so I think it's a it's like not in like a judgy shame way but like a if you're caring that much about anything else that you're putting into your body you should be hypercritical about the way that you're drinking yeah I think on your note about on my question that I asked you about is 30 days enough or not I I agree that any break is a good break but if you're only if you are going to take a shorter break maybe couple that with like some some journaling and some prompts and like thinking about the way you're feeling like I think you can make two weeks really impactful if you just put a lot of energy and like thought into it and you're really intentional behind it and you can make a month impactful in that same way as long as you're like you know thinking about when you're being triggered and like when you're wanting to drink and what's you know just like if you're being I guess the words, if you're being very intentional and like thoughtful about your 30 days, you can make 30 days the equivalent of someone else's two or three months off if you just do it and like put the energy towards it. And, um, but yeah, I think any break is a good break. And now's the perfect time because everyone's taking a break. It's truly the perfect time. Um, and then I can give a couple book recommendations because I Mm -hmm. love my books. Well, one, like I said, listen to Dr. Huberman and sober curious especially if you're not like fully ready to dive in sober curious is so good it i read it when i was still drinking and it convinced me already so Mm -hmm. um and then sober curious reset and those are both by ruby warrington that's the 100 days workbook which if you're gonna do that highly recommend and then this naked mind is a really good one and that one gets more into like how it impacts your brain and body which I think is very interesting. Um, Sober Lush is a really cute one written by these two women who are sober who, like, wanted to romanticize their sober life. And so they talk about all the different ways that you can, like, spice up your sober life. And it's just all about, like, romanticizing being, like, not drinking in the same way that we romanticize drinking. Um, Yeah, I'd say those are the biggie ones. You could also read Millie Gooch's Sober Girl Society. 
And you could also listen to her episode because she came on. She was like one of our first guests. So you could also listen to that episode with her. I also think your, our episode of like, um, how to be a sober hostess and like hosting a party while you're sober is good too. For people that are maybe like, you do have a big party in January that you want to go to or like something going on. It's like how to go to an event sober. Mm -hmm. And uh, Millie has a group, Sober Girl Society, and it's for like sober and sober curious girlies. And it's super Mm -hmm. well-branded and she posts on like Instagram and her as like a sober influencer does a lot of cute work. Um, We're hoping to have, we will have on, we just don't know when, uh, No Booze Babes, Shay Mm -hmm. from No Booze Babes. And she's also awesome. Like, I think it's really great to go and find people that look and act like you that are just living their lives not drinking because it's regardless of what it is you just kind of are like oh wait yeah there's the option like all of a sudden I have another option instead of just being like Mm -hmm. oh default it's Friday let's go get fucked up with all my friends like you get to just have some choice Mm -hmm. but yeah good luck on everyone it's dry January and I'm definitely gonna post a poll because I am like I said so curious about Who's, who's doing it this year? I'm curious about who's sober curious. <laughs> yeah. I know we have some followers because we always get, like, reviews and more listens on the episodes about sober curiosity. So if you mm-hmm. are sober curious, DM us. Let us know. Mm-hmm. All righty. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. <laughs>